0: How do we live as church in the Spirit? This is the question we've been asking ourselves all summer long. We talk about living as individuals with the Spirit's guidance, but how do we do it as a church, as a congregation? How do we listen together? How do we even begin that? How do we know if we're even doing it? It's one question, but there are clearly follow-ups. So this is why we're looking at the book of Acts. We're looking at how the church then lived in the spirit so that we can better understand how we now as the church can live in the spirit and it doesn't always translate one for one because it was a different time and a different culture they had a different context we can't do exactly what they did but we can look at how they did it how did they handle conflict how did they deal with struggle how did they listen together how did they discern and this story today from acts chapter 11 gives us a lot of ideas for how we can do it i love this story from acts chapter 11 i feel like every time i stand up in front of you guys to preach i say i love this story that we're preaching about today i do love many of them but i'm going to tell you there are a lot of stories in here that i don't love there are a lot of stories in this bible that i struggle with that i wrestle with that i'm not sure what to think about there are verses in this scripture that i don't know if i agree with There are things that I don't know if are really applicable anymore. And growing up, I was not allowed to do that. We weren't allowed to say that. That was bad. But I want you to know that if you're like me, if there are things in here that you wrestle with, that you struggle with, that you're not sure what to think about, it is okay. And it's actually what Peter did in our story today from Acts chapter 11. So Peter goes into the church in Jerusalem. He walks into a room, and there are a lot of other believers in this room, and they say, hey, Peter, welcome home. Good to see you. By the way, we heard that the word of the Lord has gone to the Gentiles, and also we're ticked about that. What were you thinking? Why did this happen? And Peter uh, is kind of probably backed a little bit against a wall, and he is trying to figure out, um, okay, what am I supposed to say here? So he decides to tell them the story. It's the story of Peter and Cornelius, and it's the story we just read from Acts 11, but that's not the first time we have heard this story. In the Scripture, Acts chapter 10 tells us the story of Peter and Cornelius. From 10 verse 1 all the way through, it just narrates the story for us. And then in Acts 11, Peter tells us the story again from his own words. I never understood why we had to get the same story twice. Um, I have a three-year-old who likes to tell me his stories like seventeen times, and so I'm not really big on the repeating thing. And so I was trying to figure out why wouldn't they make us read this again? But the story of Peter and Cornelius is not just the story of Peter and Cornelius. It's a story of supernatural visions. It's a story of unexpected situations. It's a story of unbiblical results. It's a story of the living waters of the Holy Spirit that are flowing to new places and to new peoples in new and unexpected ways. So here's a quick recap. Cornelius is a Gentile, a non-Jewish person, and he has a vision of an angel who appears in his living room and says, Cornelius, I need you to send some men to a different town called Joppa and go find a guy named Peter. And Cornelius is like, okay. Meanwhile, Peter is up on a roof in Joppa, and Peter's hungry. We all do crazy things when we're hungry, right? Some things happen weird when we get hungry, but he's sitting up on the roof, he's hungry, and he has a vision too. And in this vision, a sheet comes down from heaven, and it has all sorts of animals on it, clean animals and unclean animals. Now, in the Jewish law, the law that was given to the Israelites by God, there were certain animals that they were allowed to eat and certain animals that God told them not to eat. And so the sheet comes down, it has all those animals on it, and the word of the Lord says, get up, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter's like, what, God, no. I've never let anything unclean or profane cross my mouth. I can't do that. And God responds and says, do not call unclean the things that I have made clean. And it happens again a second time. The sheet comes down. God says, get up, Peter, kill it. And he says, God, no, I can't do that. And God says, do not call unclean the things that I have made clean. And still a third time, Peter says, God, I can. And God says, do not call unclean that which I have made clean and then the sheet goes back up three times Peter has this vision and then the sheet goes up and there just happened to be three men at the door not just any three men but three Gentile men three men that the Jews that Peter himself would have thought were unclean were profane and they say hi we're here we're looking for Peter we need him to come with us God says Peter you need to go with them And so Peter says, okay, he takes his other friends with him. There are about six other Jewish believers that were there at the house with Peter. And so he takes them along. They go to this new town. They go to Cornelius's house. And at first I thought it was just like Peter and his friends and Cornelius in a room. But the scripture says that Cornelius had gathered his entire household together. So it was him and his family, all of his workers. It was a huge group. So Peter walks in and says, hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. Um, I think you know that it's against the law for me to be here. Because that law that also tells them what they can and cannot eat, that law also says that Jews are not allowed to associate with or visit Gentiles. It's in the scripture. And Peter says, so I think you know I'm not supposed to be here, but God has just kind of shown me that I'm not supposed to call anyone unclean. So why did you send for me? And Cornelius says, well, I had this vision. This angel told me to come find you and to hear what you have to say. So what do you want to say to us, Peter? I think that'd be kind of terrifying okay um well peter peter starts preaching to them about jesus and it says that while he is preaching the holy spirit falls upon cornelius and everyone in the household they all start speaking in tongues and praising god which is the exact same thing that happened when the holy spirit fell on the believers at pentecost they started speaking in tongues and praising god and peter looks around at the other believers in the room And says what I think has become my favorite line of this story. He looks at them and he says, Can anyone withhold the waters for baptizing these people who have obviously received the gift of the Holy Spirit just like we did? Can anyone withhold the waters? So Peter baptizes Cornelius and his household and Peter and the other believers stay with Cornelius for quite some time. And then at the beginning of Acts 11, all of that takes place in Acts 10. That's the story that we read. And then in Acts 11 is when he walks into the church in Jerusalem and they're like, hey, the word of the Lord went to the Gentiles. What? You were hanging out with them? What happened? And that's when he tells them this story. So I've been reading this really great commentary on the book of Acts by a man named Willie James Jennings. And he says that the separation between the Jews and the Gentiles, this is not just like ethnocentrism or small-mindedness. This is about identity. The people of God, the nation of Israel, they're already small, and right now they're scattered throughout the world. They have an Old Testament. Well, it's an Old Testament for us. They have scripture stories littered with stories of people who associated with Gentiles and then started gathering those other gods and those other idols and then rejected their relationship with the one true God, and they ceased to be the people of God. This was about who they were as followers of Christ. So these Jewish believers not only were identified by their belief in Jesus, but they also believed that that Jesus was inextricably tied to Israel's history. You could not separate Jesus from the story of Israel. So if Peter is hanging out with Gentiles, what does that mean for us? We're small, we're new. If you start going off in some other direction... We're gonna lose who we are. I think the church was terrified. I think their fear made them angry and made them critical. That's what the scripture says, they criticized Peter. But I think Peter was probably a little bit, a a little bit terrified too, because he was opening his mouth to talk to these people about what happened. And every other time he'd done this, he had scripture to rely on. Remember when Pentecost happened and the Holy Spirit comes on the disciples for the first time, after this incredible moment, Peter stands up and starts preaching about Jesus to like a crowd of 5,000 people. And Peter uses the scripture. He says the Old Testament prophets foretold this and the story of Israel foretold this and this is who Jesus was. And he was preaching to other believers, I mean other Jews who knew those scriptures and so they listened to him and they believed him. There was no biblical precedence for what he was about to say. In fact, the scripture said the opposite of what he was about to say. I wonder if he was a little bit terrified too. And then he opens his mouth and I think this is why we hear the story twice. I think this is why we just read what happens in Acts chapter 10 and then we hear Peter's personal testimony about it in Acts chapter 11 because it helps us hear what he was thinking. The stories are mostly the same, but here's a key difference that I really, really love. In Acts 10, it says, the Holy Spirit fell on Cornelius and his household And the next thing we read in Acts 10 is Peter turning to his friends and saying that favorite line of mine, who can withhold the waters for baptizing these people? But when Peter tells the story himself, he says that the Holy Spirit fell on Cornelius's household. And then I remembered the word of the Lord. And he said, John baptizes with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit." if then god has given them the same gift that god gave us who was i to hinder god i think in that moment with cornelius peter realized that the holy spirit waters were flowing to them and they were flowing in him but they were coming up against a wall i think there was a dam inside peter filled with bricks that had been built his entire life that said the holy spirit can come up to this point but it does not go past The Holy Spirit moves in a certain way to a certain people, but it doesn't cross these boundaries. I think the scripture that he grew up with was a brick in the dam. I think that the religious tradition of his people was a brick in the dam. I think that his own cultural biases was a brick in the dam. I think that his tradition and everything that he had ever learned helped build that wall. And as he's talking to the people at the church in Jerusalem, he belongs to them. They're his people. They come from his same background. He knows that they have the same wall, too. And in this moment with Cornelius, what happened is that as the Holy Spirit flew, fl- flows in the waters to Cornelius' house, and as those spiritual waters flow to the Gentiles, they were also flowing inside Peter, breaking open that dam, letting them flow. He says, I remembered the word of the Lord. And when Peter says this, you know, we say that when we finish reading scripture, right? We read the scripture and we say, the word of the Lord, thanks be to God. When Peter says, I remembered the word of the Lord, he's not remembering a Bible verse. He's remembering a conversation that he had with Jesus face to face, probably just a few years earlier. He said, I remembered the word of the Lord and I remembered our own experience with the Holy Spirit. And who was I to hinder God? Peter could have allowed that wall in him to make him a wall. He could have allowed the dam that was built inside of him to turn him into a dam that stopped the flow of God's Holy Spirit waters to Cornelius and the Gentiles. But he didn't. So what stopped Peter from withholding the waters? What stopped Peter from hindering God? Well, he has that real relationship with Jesus He has his own experience with the Holy Spirit, and we have those same things too. We have those same things now. How do we live as church in the Spirit? That's where it starts. Our own relationships with Jesus, our own experiences with the Holy Spirit, but there's more. Because in Acts chapter 11, verse 18, Peter finishes saying this. That's the last thing he says to them. He says, and who was I to hinder God? And then the scripture tells us that the church listened and was silent. They listened to what Peter had to say, this new testimony that was totally different. And they didn't immediately pass judgment on it. They took a breath. They took a moment to be silent. And I think in that moment, the Holy Spirit water started flowing and breaking down all of the other walls in the room because the next thing we know, the church is like, well, okay! mean it was just like that they listened they were silent and then they started praising god that the holy spirit has now gone to the gentiles how do we live as church in the spirit in our own relationships our own experiences and attunement to the spirit and we listen and we take time to process and let the holy spirit move and then what they did at least in acts was they changed. Jill?
1: Something got you down, got you chained and bound.
0: Well, well, break
1: it. If you've built a wall and you know it needs to fall, well, shake it. Something that you know is damming up the flow. Take the rains. it's going to stay the same, nothing's going to change if you don't change it. Something on your mind is nagging all the time. Well mix it something in your life that isn't sitting right well fix it Ooh. if you must your face something in it has got you in a rut You're made of better stuff And you, you can change it Change it. it You don't want your little light blue To blue blue never shine Change it. it Turn it up on bright And get your golden in line shine. There's a great new world out there For those, those who, who dare, dare to claim it
0: A better, a better day, day
1: is on the way Only you you can can, change it. it. You can change it. Come on and make a change.
0: time i stand up to preach i ask myself what is the good news in this passage what is the good news here for us when peter's standing in front of the church he says the holy spirit fell on them just like it fell on us do you hear that insider outsider language there was a them and there was an us i think for the outsiders the good news is obvious right the holy spirit is flowing beyond our boundaries beyond our borders no one is unclean that's what peter says when he walks into cornelius's house god has just showed me that no one is unclean but what's the good news for insiders i'm going to be honest i am an insider i've been in church my entire life my dad was a minister i have two seminary degrees i've been in ministry for 10 years i can speak all the christianese that you need me to what's the good news for us insiders? Well, if we believe that we get to participate with the Holy Spirit in this world, then we get to participate by tearing down the walls. Or like our song said, tear the dam right down. Go on and change it.